Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Atares, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm MJ. I'm Ash. And today, what are we going to talk about, babe? We're going to talk about how sometimes in life, you end up where you didn't want to be. How in the swear word did we end up where we are? <laughs> and we're really talking about the article that you wrote about ex- execution versus intent. Uh, we cover just a whole slew of things in this episode and just go over what, what you wrote about, right? And how you saw this in the professional workplace. Yep. How we see it in our home. Deal, see with it, deal with it in our home. And, and everywhere in between. Everywhere in between. So lots of things to get into. Let's get straight into it. Hey guys, before we start this episode, we just really wanted to take a moment to just recognize and thank the individual people who have reached out to us um, and supported us and encouraged us. Um, this has been such a fun little project mm-hmm. for MJ and I to work on, but it's kind of one of those things where like, I mean, we talk about these things and we think they're like helpful to us, but like people, other people aren't us. And so yeah. will it be helpful? Is it like relevant? And for those who have reached out and just encouraged or even provided feedback and just continued these conversations, we really, really appreciate you. Um, we we just have really good people in our lives. Yeah. And um, if you've literally sat at our table, then you know that these are the actual like conversations that we do have. And I'm thankful for the things that um, you guys contribute to the conversation as well. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know, maybe we can have some of those, you know, voices to the table in the future. There I'd you love go. to do that. So you wrote this article about intent versus execution. And we obviously think it's an important thing because as we, in any relationship, what do we say? We either walk towards intimacy or away from it. Mm-hmm. And some of the barriers to walking more closely with somebody else is because of the fact that what you're intending to do or say isn't aligning with what you're actually saying or doing. Right. You've seen this in your work with the city. Uh, We see this in our relationship almost all the time Mm -hmm. where that's actually either broken or in sync. So tell me why you think that matters and why having an awareness between how those two you know, work together or don't work together mm-hmm. um, are is a critical piece to whether or not there's, like, I guess, success in, in your relationship or in the workplace or things like that. So a lot of what I talk about in this specific post is referencing how the goal is intention and execution alignment, right? And so there are three questions that I think are just kind of relevant for whatever we're walking through, whether it's professionally or personally, relationally, where are you? Where do you want to be? And how do you get there? And so a lot of times, again, like we have the intent, we Mm -hmm. want to head in this, we want to end up at this specific Mm -hmm. place Mm -hmm. or at least close to that. Right. There are two steps before that. So first you have to figure out like, where am I? And that requires an honest reflection And a willingness to admit what am I currently doing that might actually prevent me from getting me where to to where I want to go. Yeah. And then the second piece is okay. So what am I currently doing? And then 
is it effective? Right. And so this is where kind of the breakdown comes. I've seen it in the workplace. Yeah. We experience it in our home, um, in friendships, family relationships, you name it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times where there might be conflict may not always be because of character flaws that we tend to assign when we are hurt by somebody or disappointed or upset or whatever, frustrated. Sometimes it's poor execution where the intent was genuine. Right. And so in this article, I kind of break down or go through, you know, what I've at least thought through in how to kind of navigate that in a way that allows you to have these tools, maybe not have tools, but um, at least have a mindset yeah. yeah, for being willing to effectively assess is what I'm doing getting me to where I want to be. Well, so how, how do you... How do you um, assess whether or not those two things align? So there's personal reflection, right? Mm-hmm. And that requires just honesty, like brutal mm-hmm. honesty with myself. And I love what Martin Lanick says. Some of what I was thinking about when I was writing this post came from what he wrote in his book, The Leader Habit, yeah. where he talks about how, and this isn't verbatim his quote, but basically when we receive feedback that doesn't align with what we believe about ourselves, it's, we easily dismiss that. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first piece is having mm-hmm. a willingness to evaluate. Is there any truth to what this person just said about me? Yep. Because they're obviously receiving something. Yep. Now it could be a misinterpretation. Or there could be something to what they're saying and how I'm actually and what I'm doing is not actually effective for accomplishing what I intended. I like what you're saying here where it's we see others as extensions of their actions or what their actions portray them to be. And we see our actions as exclusive from who we believe ourselves to be, especially yeah. in times when that's not right congruent with right. who you believe yourself to be. And so it's like that's like an exception. Right. Whereas you look at somebody else and it's like what they do is who they are. Right. And exactly. We don't flip that. And so that's kind of important for you to be able to just to have, I guess the humility to be able to say, I'm hearing this from somebody and maybe it's not the first time you're hearing it. Right. And so who are are my actions actually portraying me to be whether or not I believe that's who I am or not, because I would assign a type of character (laughs) to somebody else's actions and who I believe them that makes them to be. Mm Mm-hmm. We just don't judge ourselves in the same way. In in this post I wrote, you know, I yeah. say we judge others by their actions. We judge ourselves by our intent. Right. And so we say things like, "Well, don't don't hear what I said. Hear what I meant." Yeah, we don't run into that at all, do we? Huh? <laughs> Never. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's 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 really important because um, it doesn't make the execution correct, right? Because like maybe in the workplace is a slightly different, but like for you and I, we have to work through that. Right. We have to break through the poor execution on yeah. either party to get to the intent and then realign the execution because we live with each other. Right. And so you can't just continually, you know, oh, well, this is just a character flaw. It's just a character flaw. This is a character flaw. Right. Um, but you have to get to the, through the diagnosis of like, okay, well, what do you actually mean when you say this? Or, you know, for us, Maybe a lot of times just how you and I process differently. Mm-hmm. The execution of the intent of wanting to process through something right. is very different between you and I. Right. So through the years, we've had to learn that 
even though what how you may go through it externalization versus how i go through something in terms of thinking through something is different it doesn't make you know one way better than the other it just means that like you know this is this is what you're trying to accomplish by doing this so yeah one of the things i say i'm going to read this verbatim because i'll never be able to say it so succinctly again but uh experience teaches us that bad choices result in negative consequences. However, assessing whether or not execution is effective is harder than seeing actions as right or wrong. When we don't own our own actions, we fail to see our ineffectiveness. And when we fail to see our ineffectiveness, we assume other people are the problem. Right. And And so... Go ahead. I was just going to say, when I... You know, my previous work, I worked with a lot of supervisors where this was a recurring issue. They would Mm -hmm. hear things from their people over and over and over again regarding their leadership that didn't make sense to them because that's not how they see themselves, right? Yeah. And it's hard to address a type of behavior that doesn't seem morally bad and instead help them to start focusing on, okay, well, we're not talking about right or wrong or correct. We're talking about is it effective or not? Mm-hmm. And if it's not effective, then what can we do that's more effective for getting us to our goal? How much of that lies on the recipient of the execution versus somebody who's delivering that? And how do you need to tailor that depending on, you know, whether or not that's well received? You think that's like a 50-50 split between deliverer and receiver? I don't know. I'm sure there's better terms. Yeah, I... You can't please everyone. So that starts to become a tricky, that's a tricky road to start to walk down, right? If I think if your goal is crystal clear, but you're receiving feedback that points out you're not headed there Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, like this feedback that I'm hearing is incongruent with where I want to be or the type of leader that I want to be or the kind of communication I want to be having with my people or the type of marriage we want to have or whatever then that's when you have to start evaluating, okay, so I'm hearing something that's incongruent with the end goal. And so it doesn't necessarily, again, it's not necessarily that I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Like morally wrong. It's just not effective. It's just not working. Yeah. For our marriage, for our team, for the workplace, for, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever setting it it Mm -hmm. is. And so you have to listen to some of that that feedback that you're receiving. Right. But, you know, I think it it's important to kind of caveat that we're not talking about like people who are manipulative or abusive. Yeah, or who, that, who would use that against you? That right? aside. We're talking about like everyday relationships where there's recurring conflict mm-hmm. in situations where we have to repeatedly see each other, like in the workplace or in our home. So so the point you're trying to make is that if you see this over and over and over and it's not aligning with what you're intending to do, it may not be the fact that the person is whatever character assignment or incompetent, but that your communication is just not effective. Right. And rather than just going to dismissing the fact that they're just not understanding what you're saying because they can't understand it, it's maybe because you're not communicating it in a way that's effective. Right. You have here, there's a step between where you are and where you want to be. How do you get there and how do you evaluate if what you're doing is effective? So kind of more of the same thing. Yeah. How, how do you make sure that what you're doing is effective? You said some of that is self-reflection and assessing whether or not what you're saying to somebody 
is is being understood correctly mm-hmm. what what else do you have there in terms of evaluating or making sure you get to where you want to go with intent versus execution i think the rest of it the other piece of it is the breakdowns mm-hmm. in communication or the workplace or the home like yeah. the the place the places where there's disruption to the harmony of things mm-hmm. and i don't mean that to be like kumbaya but just like yeah the feng shui yeah <laughs> no <laughs> for things to just be operating yeah. in a way where everybody is so what you're working to say, towards a common goal what you're to say, and that's very clear you what, know what you're trying to say is if if it's you can evaluate it by based on whether or not it's working exactly yeah. <laughs> Exactly. If there's chaos, then <laughs> exactly. Then it's the not working. Something says, yeah. is is not working. Some something wrong. And and the thing is, a lot of times we don't like to admit that the something is us. I Oof. see this a lot where I would work with a lot of supervisors, and I really want to use like specific examples, but I don't want to use specific names. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I want to like make this practical and in an example yeah. where we could be like, yeah, this is how this plays out. Um, but I would see this a lot where supervisors would hold on i just totally lost my thought what were we just saying you see a lot of examples where you know part of what the reason oh, is is oh, you're actually right, right, okay right. yeah um so when there is a breakdown i think every person and especially somebody who is leading whether it's leading in a workplace or leading at home or wherever you're leading yeah you have to ask yourself what part of my leadership contributed to this. Mm-hmm. Even if in your mind it is the other person's fault or your team's fault or yeah. somebody dropped the ball, right? You have to ask yourself like what part of my leadership or lack thereof yeah. contributed to this. And even if it's a small part, you got to take ownership of it. Right. And this is the hard part because when things break down yeah. from the goal that we're headed towards, we don't like to admit that we were a part of the problem. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you're looking at a fault pie in terms of, or the problem pie, how much of, how big of the slice of the right. pie is yours? Right. There is a slice that is yours. Yeah. Especially if you are the leader. And it could be, you know, 50%, 40%. It could be as small right. as 10%, right. but there's a part that you play. And I'm not saying that you take responsibility for other people's wrongdoings. I'm right. saying that if that person was not coached or that person was not trained or that person didn't have direction for you that was clear or, you know, whatever it is, like there is a part that belongs to you. I'm not saying take responsibility for other people's stuff as mm-hmm. the, just because you're the leader. I'm saying take responsibility for what was yours, whether what you deliberately did or you complacently didn't do. How, how do you, so how do you go to, so you're the boss, let's just say, and obviously something's not working. Mm-hmm. You're realizing there's a slice of the pie that's yours to own up to. Right. How do you go to your... Um, the people you're supervising mm-hmm. and and get that feedback from them in a way that communicates correctly what you're trying to write, the, the wrong you're trying to write. Right. Like is, is there a good way to do that? So let's take an example. A classic example is like there was a project yep. we we're all working towards and it didn't. we didn't meet the deadline. Classic. Somebody was responsible. Somebody had a, a like end of the timeline Mm -hmm. responsibility for the completion of that and it dropped Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people responsible along the way you know what i'm saying a lot of times 
it'll fall on that one person who didn't do what they needed to do to get it done. As a leader, I would go to that person and say, hey, this happened. Here's the implications of this. What do I need to do to help you be empowered to not let this happen again? Like, what do you need from me? Was there something that was lacking Mm -hmm. that you needed from me? Maybe what kind of support did you need from me that maybe you didn't feel like you had? Yeah. It just asking those questions to see, was there something that you needed that I didn't communicate or even sometimes it's just the employees afraid to come and be yeah. like, Hey, I don't want to be the dumb guy who comes and is like, well, how do I do that? Yeah. And you as a leader saying, look, sometimes, you know, we need to like swallow our pride, get over that and be the dumb guy and come and ask to make sure we don't do this again. You know, what's wild is like, if you, <laughs> if you actually break down like the steps between I have an intent, this is how I executed on it. If it's broken, you own up to the things that you are responsible for, and then you try to cor- correct, mm-hmm. especially for the team that you're leading, things that could have gone differently for them to be able to meet those deadlines or right. to hit the goal that they didn't right. hit. Yet, I feel like this happens a lot. It happens a lot, all the time. Right, so in terms of being effective in leading or communicating your intent, what's like is there like a cheat sheet to be able to you know i guess you just have to think about it in this procedural way to be able to assess where in the flow of events right is the breakdown i think you have to constantly have an openness to that feedback and a lot of times when we hear Oof. complaint <laughs> yeah those are the people They're that the we want to cut exactly yeah. And I'm, and, and I'm not talking about your chronic complainers, right? The right. people who just like to complain and bring no solutions to the right. table. I'm not talking about those people. <laughs> I'm talking about the people who we just have that constant friction with and we avoid, mm-hmm. we, we do everything we can to avoid having to encounter them because I don't want to hear one more complaint. Right. We have to be willing to sit with that feedback and figure out, okay, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. And how do we fix it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it would be helpful maybe to give a, a like real life example of you and I, because we've talked like some about the workplace and I feel yeah. like examples, you know, people can probably think of some examples that would make sense mm-hmm. of like how this practically plays out. But I think to really hone in on like the character assignments that we can kind of oh, yeah. make towards each other, it'd be helpful to give a practical example. Yeah. I think uh, really it comes a lot down to conflict. And, man, I can't think of an example. So, like, this project that we're trying to work on together of doing this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, our desire is the same. Like, we know where we want to be. But our approach to that. (laughs) No, I'm just trying to give a practical example. This is, like, literally the most recent thing that I can think of. Right. Our approach to that is going to be different, right? Yeah. Because we are different people. And this is what it means to work on teams, to be married, to have intimacy with people who are different than us. There is going to be the potential for conflict always. Right. And so when that arises, because we are different and mm-hmm. we have a different approach, right? And there was a bottleneck mm-hmm. with the, 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 the volume. The volume levels, yeah. That prevented you from feeling like moving forward with yep. this. Unbeknownst to me, all I 
see or observe is just an unwilling, what seems to me, you know, and I'm interpreting as an unwillingness to move forward with this. It'd be so easy for me instead of being like, oh, there's something that's a roadblock, a roadblock that Mm -hmm. my husband feels like he needs to figure out before we can move forward, which is super helpful. That's like very strategic, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of like seeing that as a strategic strength that you have. Yeah. Instead, it would be, it could be easy for me not kind of being in this mindset to think, oh, he's not moving forward this. Yeah. And, and assign a character of lazy Laziness. or yeah. doesn't care about the things that are important to me, yeah. unsupportive. It'd be so easy for me to fill that gap mm-hmm. with distrust. Yeah. And now I'm assign- I'm literally like rewriting what I think about this situation and what kind of blows my mind is that if I don't clarify that with you and we don't get through this roadblock, now we have this past experience that my mind is like, it leaves me instead of a a place of clarity of knowing like, where are we? Where do we want to go? How do we get there? I'm living in this place of disillusionment because I think something is happening on your part that is actually not happening at all. It's not remotely reflective of reality mm-hmm. how often in our relationships do we cultivate these narratives from a place of disillusionment people that we work with we rewrite narratives about our coworkers. Mm-hmm. he's incompetent she's flaky he's lazy you yeah, know all she's these aggressive yeah all these character assignments yeah that may or may not be reflective of reality right, right. because there are things that may be instead of trying to understand like is this an execution thing <laughs> that's like pretty poor <laughs> that needs to be corrected or, is it, or is it a character thing right most often we jump to character things when we're talking about other for people. others but when we're wanting other people to talk about us we want right. them to leave it at an execution thing yeah that's a great example um this last point you had we either operate from a place of clarity in that middle step or from a place of disillusionment and you, you touched on this that affects our relationships along the way Talk about the middle step, and I'll, I'll, I can expand on that too. The middle step being between data gathering and execution, or maybe like you know your intent and your execution. There's like there's something in between those two things mm-hmm. that you use to frame how you're going to execute on something, or maybe this is not really what you were trying to go towards. Talk about a little bit about what you see as the middle step. Yeah. So some of the like practical ways for me that I kind of try to think is that when I, when my actions stray from what I intend, am I humble enough to adjust or am I stuck Mm -hmm. in like, no, this is the way I do this Mm -hmm. or this is just who I am. You know, what kind of way am I responding to people pointing out to me that my execution and my intent are out of alignment, right? When I receive like recurring critical feedback, mm-hmm. what's my response to that? Am mm-hmm. I, do I just dismiss that because they're an irrelevant source in yep. my mind and it doesn't jive with what I actually believe about myself to be true? Or do I own up to the impact of my actions? Yeah. Like obviously, this is coming across in a way that I never intended. Yeah. What do I need to do to adjust my execution? And it's really important, I think, for people to kind of remember that this isn't about changing who you are for somebody else. This mm-hmm. is about adjusting execution. So a really like simple way 
that somebody can do this is I worked with an employee one time who was wanting, who, who came to me for coaching and they were in a position where they were in a very front facing role, mm-hmm. like behind a desk, greeting people. And this person came across as very unapproachable. Right. But this person was like, I have no idea why. Yeah. Like, I have no idea why my supervisor is saying this or why I'm being recommended to come see you. Like I, I literally think like, I'm not like super, you know, I'm not going to chit chat with you, but like, I don't think I'm unfriendly. Yep. <laughs> I think I'm pretty professional. And so it was super confusing to hear that. Mm-hmm. And yet in kind of talking through this with that person, we recognized she is an introvert mm-hmm. in a very front facing role. Yep. And sometimes she didn't recognize that when she was working on something and someone came up to the desk and it distracted her, she was a little bit frustrated. And sometimes she wore that frustration on her face without recognizing it. Yeah. So it's not that she needs to change who she is. She doesn't need to like all of a sudden be an extrovert mm-hmm. up at the front desk and chit chat mm-hmm. with people. She just needs to recognize I'm being disrupted and I need to not take that out on this person who's coming to me right now. Yeah. It's a very simple adjustment. Yeah. So when I say that, I'm not saying we need to change who we are for other people. I'm yeah. saying we need to just make small adjustments in our execution of how we relate to or speak to or behave towards other people. That's good. Anything else you wanted to add? Mm, I don't know. I'm curious to hear like your thoughts. Yeah. I think on the third part or this last piece that we are talking about, it, there's also on the like the receiving end, right? Like when you hear feedback that you can either say, well, that's that's because they're just passive aggressive or aggressive or, you know, whatever. Or you can hear that as like they're trying to help me and that this is a, a piece of feedback that could actually help improve me. Right. And so even on, you know, with like what that story is in between the feedback you're getting and how you're going to act on that, you have to be aware of like what you're telling yourself in that time that like, okay, what I'm being told is actually helpful for me. Right. And not just dismiss it as, okay, well, because this is not said to me in a specific way, I can just ignore it. Right. Um, and so that's, that's what comes to mind in terms of like that middle step that, you know, on the honest reflection for yourself when you're conveying something and it's ineffective, there is that middle step. But also on the flip side, when you are collecting feedback from others and it's you know there is a middle step too in how you're interpreting that that impacts how you're going to execute on what the feedback that you've collected so you know it's actually what you think is just a one-step process is a three-step process right that you're just not going to act on something you actually have you know uh something that starts it an interpretation and then an action Mm -hmm. on the reception side or on the execution side those, those things happen all the time. And so it's important to be conscious about, you know, maybe even leaving the situation mentally by saying, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here by in, in this conversation, even though it feels like it's not working or mm-hmm. on the other end, it feels like it's hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's an intent in place that is actually hopefully beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. Assuming you're in relationships that are, you know, mutually beneficial, meaning right. that they're trying to all get to the same place, you know, yeah. in our relationship, we're, we're trying to get to the same place in terms of what we're looking to accomplish. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the only thing I wanted to add on the, on the middle step. Yeah. I think that when you force yourself to consistently express your intent 
it helps other people be able to point out, give that feedback when your execution is not yeah. in alignment with that. Like if you're having a conversation with a friend that's pretty serious, maybe you have to talk to them about something or set a boundary about something. Expressing your intent on the forefront of that is mm-hmm. helpful for them to be able to judge why you saying right. or what you're saying. It helps disarm the like the premise of the conversation when I say, Hey, you know, here's the intent. Right. And this is what I'm trying to get to. And it doesn't mean you have to be like super formal every time you walk into a conversation. Like, let me start with my intent. In my introduction, (laughs) my intent. My thesis statement for this conversation is. Here's my executive summary. No, but it's just like, Hey, you are like important to me. This conversation is important to me. I think a really super practical example is like when I need to externalize something, you've had a super long day. Yeah. And you just like starting out with like, hey, what you have to say is super important to me and I want to give it the time it deserves. I just, I really can't do that right now. That saves me from pouring my heart out and feeling like you're not listening right. at all. And then filling in some sort of gap with like, Oh, my husband, this, my husband, right. that poor me. Right. Right. It, and on the flip side too, you know, it prepares me. Well, these are two perfect examples, right? Me proactively telling you that, Hey, I've had a long day and I, what you have to say to me is important, but maybe there's a better time to right. talk through it once the engine is off, meaning like the kids are in bed, whatever. Yeah, that disarms that. My husband doesn't care about exactly. me bullet from my gun. On the flip side too, and you've done this too, where it's like, babe, I just, I have something that's been bugging me. It's been on my mind. I don't need you to necessarily solve it. Right. But I just want you to hear me out. Can yeah. we talk through this? Yeah. And so to me, that helps me not try to like solve the problem because a lot of times it's, you know, that's not what's the issue. Or question, why am I bringing this to you? Right. Or what am I trying to say? Or what do I want you to do about it? Exactly. It's very clear. Right. And so, you know, in terms of examples for us personally, that those are things that we run into a lot, mm-hmm. especially because we just, like I said, process things differently. Right. And so, you know, in, in terms of intent, I think I like what you're saying that like when you insert your intent in the premise of the conversation, there's a higher likelihood that it's going to, you know, accomplish what you want it to accomplish. Right. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.